I guess question I get asked almost more than anything is, Matt, once you get like aligned with your purpose, once you get aligned with a vision, you know, you're moving in the right direction for something. How do you keep the momentum? We're going to answer that question, how to keep the momentum on part three this week right now of our four part mini series on the power of purpose. This week is about how to keep momentum going. Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, man, welcome back to the podcast. How to keep the momentum going. What a good question. You know, I, I probably do get asked that almost more than anything. You know, I, the, someone says I get, I'm moving on my goal. I'm getting things accomplished. It's exciting. The problem is the momentum always fades, especially when I'm running live seminars and workshops. That's a biggie. You know, you're doing, doing a live seminar and they say, Hey, I, I came to this event and I did a personal transformation or I learned this thing. I, um, went to a leadership course and it's so exciting. I got all pumped up. But then I feel like the momentum fades, <laughs> the inspiration fades. So the question is always, how do you keep the momentum going? So I want to answer that this week uh, on the Teaching Tuesdays episode of the Purpose Driven, or I guess we're not Purpose Driven anymore. We are, but the podcast got rebranded. I should remember that about eight months ago to the Driven Entrepreneur. Anyways, I promise you, I know my own podcast title. So we're in the middle of a four-part mini-series on the power of purpose. If you haven't listened to the previous ones, this might seem weird and out of place. So I would advise you, uh, if, if I was you, if I was such a person as yourself, I would go back and check out the previous, not the previous two episodes, but the previous two mini-series episodes. The way we do this show is every Friday, we do an interview Friday, and every te- uh, Tuesday, we do a Teaching Tuesday. So for the last two Tuesdays, uh, we did part one and part two of The Power of Purpose, Part one was three types of purpose. Part and so we talk about that. We break that down: higher purpose, personal purpose, and a serving purpose. And you know what type of purpose to look for when you feel like you're lacking in life. And then episode two last Tuesday was where to find it if it's been gone. And we talked about looking to the future and new seasons. So make sure you check out those episodes. You'll you'll get a lot out of it, and certainly it'll set the framework for what we're going to talk about today. All right. So this is pretty simple. It's how do you keep the momentum going? So I want to share three principles that are a little bit counterintuitive to that, yet are going to answer that question and help you. So principle number one on keeping momentum going is number one, don't expect it to stay. That's right, folks. You heard it here. You heard it here first. Don't expect it to stay in the first place. What? What are you talking about? Look, momentum is actually an emotion. Now you could you could say there's momentum like inertia of doing things but here's the truth anything you're accomplishing or doing or setting emotion in your life or in your business there's an energy and an emotion behind it right there's an emotion behind it that you're you're doing these things like I promise you if you're especially if you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner if you stopped doing everything 
there's probably a few things would sort of keep going, but the truth is the new initiatives, the finding new clients, the creation of new programs, the next book you're writing or whatever it is, the momentum would probably halt because your energy, your motion is the thing behind it. So the point is, if momentum is really energy and emotion, emotions change. They, they, they fluctuate like waves, right? They're not particles, they're waves. Emotions go up and emotions come down. Emotions peak and get like excitement can come up and peak like a wave, like a crest of a wave. And you're like, ah, I'm excited. I feel amazing right now. But that's not going to last 24-7 every second, right? Of course not. It's going to eventually start fading. It's going to peak and then it's going to come back down and then it goes into a trough or whatever they call that. Is that what they call it? I got to look that up. Do they call a trough in the bottom of a wave? It doesn't really matter, but now I'm just being a nerd and I kind of want to know what do you call the, don't shout at me if you already know it, bottom of a wave? Would that be, would that be the right uh, terminology? Hey, I can't believe I was actually right. I felt weird about that. Yeah, the bottom of a wave is called the trough. There we go. So you have the crest. Well, let me make sure I'm right on that. What do you call the, are you ready for this? I know. Aren't you glad you came to this, this uh, podcast episode? It is a crest. Oh my gosh. I feel like I should win a Nobel prize maybe or something just for having a memory. No, honestly, like I <laughs> asked my wife, my memory is not usually the strongest recall, but I just got that right. Anyways, the point is, look, I'm trying to have fun. Hope you're having fun too. That's me. Um, emotions are like a wave. There's a crest and there's a trough. The crest is when it goes up and it peaks at the crest, and then it's going to drop back down. So excitement is never going to stay static. It's always going to be extra exciting, and then it's going to be down, and life will not be exciting for a moment. Like, is it exciting when you're lying in bed trying to fall asleep at night? Like, probably not, actually. Some of you might be like, yay, the kids are away. <laughs> it's my own time. I get that. But you know you know what I mean is like the excitement is usually the peak of, of an emotion or an, an event or something, and then, and then, it, and then it goes away. So momentum is the same thing. See, if you expect it to stay, then it's just not the form that momentum takes. Now, the law of like, you know, one of the laws of thermodynamics and an object in motion tends to stay in motion. We miss the other thing. Unless an object in motion stays in motion, unless it is acted on by an outside force like friction or gravity or something else. Think about your life and your business. Are there any outside forces? All the time. That's all that your momentum comes in contact with. You get momentum on a project, and then you come in contact with the dirty dishes, or a screaming toddler, or getting hangry because you haven't had lunch, or whatever it is, right? Just understand that instead of expecting momentum to stay static and consistent and never change, and always once you get it, it stays, be ready for it to change is my point. So instead, when you have the momentum on your side, get it and ride it for all it's worth. Like ride your momentum home, like use it, enjoy it, press into it, but also know that it won't be there permanently forever. And when it goes away, don't worry, it will come back again or you'll go get it back again. 
So my point is when the momentum goes away, don't freak out and be like, oh no, my momentum's going away. That must mean that I'm, I'm, I'm depressed or I'm bored or this project wasn't any good, you know, or whatever we make the, you know, we make things mean things, which is so silly, but humans, right? That's what we are. We're, we're meaning making machines and we love making things mean things, even when they don't. She, she smiled at me. What does that mean? She frowned at me. What does that mean? She didn't even notice me. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe it means she had an itch. Maybe it means who knows, right? It doesn't matter. But we always try to make things mean things. So when your momentum fades, don't make it mean anything. It doesn't. It just means that the momentum faded because it has to fade at some point. And it faded in this moment. Wonderful. So when the momentum fades, one of the things I like to do you ready for this? I hope so. One of the things I like to do is take a break. Like, take a break. Your momentum's down. There's not a lot going on. Um, maybe your team is kind of waiting on you for something, and your momentum is a little bit slow, and it's like, okay, I don't know. Consider how come it's slow. Did you just come off of a big product launch or something? You know, like, had you put a lot of effort in, and now it's like you need a little bit of a break. Maybe that's, that's actually the case. So that's what I would say. You know, if you find yourself with slow down momentum, maybe you should actually take that break. Take the morning off, go for a hike, play some video games, um, read a book that's not a, a personal growth or, or, you know, spiritual growth or business growth book, right? Just read a book, read Harry Potter. I don't know, like do something that you like. <laughs> um, I still, you know, fun fact about me, uh, I still haven't read the Harry Potter books. I don't know. Am I weird? Am I good? Am I extra spiritual or am I just a doofus? Cause I haven't, I don't know. I have no idea, but I think maybe I should. I'll see if I'll see if my wife still has them. Anyway, don't expect it to stay as principle. Number one, a momentum principle. Number two, if you want to keep momentum going, look for magic moments. So principle number two, I call magic moments. Magic moments are those, those individual small moments that stick out out of a day or out of a project. And I love to look to remember what they are. And then also I look to see if I can create more of them on purpose. You know, magic moments with your family, magic moments at, you know, an event. Um, if you want to keep the momentum going from an event, here's something I do. Here's a simple way to get a magic moment in an event. I like to write things down. I learned this from my, uh, my media coach last year, Clint Arthur. So just shout out to uh, Clint for teaching me this. He said you should write everything on a whole page. And some of you have heard me say, write things on a whole page a lot. And I firmly believe it. The idea is when you get a great revelation or an idea or a concept, and instead of like writing down a whole bunch of words, just take an entire page in your notebook and write what I would say was, is almost like a meme, like an internet meme, right? Make sure that what you write down could fit on a bumper sticker, right? That's what it is. Fit on a bumper sticker. You know, something I said, I think in last week or the week before episode, I talked about seasons of purpose and I said something to the effect of like, you can't look for tomorrow's purpose in yesterday's fulfillment. Do you see how I said that? That's like, I, I wrote that down as a meme. You can't look for tomorrow's purpose in yesterday's fulfillment. That's simple. It's one sentence. That's a whole pager right there. And that would actually give me a magic moment. So let's say I went to a seminar or a conference. 
And let's say I had a great day at that conference and there were so many good things said and I learned so much and I, I grew so much and I, I, you know, I got really excited and I got a lot of what? You guessed it, a lot of momentum. So I'm ready to take the bull by the horns. I'm ready to get back into it. But when I go home, it's like, oh yeah, what was all that stuff again? And there were so many things I wrote down. Where do I start? My notebook's thick and I have this seminar manual with me and all that. But if I write something on a whole page and I took this entire maybe 45 minute teaching session and the one thing I got from that was don't look for tomorrow's purpose and yesterday's fulfillment. And I wrote that on one page. That is a way, that magic moment is a way that I can actually keep my momentum because think about it. Isn't it easier to get a picture in your mind or a feeling in your gut about one sentence than it is about an entire story? Even the stories and movies that you love the most, the whole movie isn't what really got you. It was those, those moments where the story built to a moment and then you remember the moment. Those are called magic moments. Here's another way to do that. Um, again, say you're with your family. You know, you could, it's not about the time you spend, it's about the moments you spend. So you could spend a lot of time, right, with a kid or with a spouse or whatever and doing things and going places. You could be in Australia and buy first class tickets for five of you and your family to fly all the way to California in America and go to Disneyland for the week. And it would be the biggest vacation. You spent $10,000 to do it. Probably more than that, I guess, if I said first class. Let's just say you flew coach, but... You, you know, you got Disneyland tickets for the week and you got flights and you got hotel and you got food and you are, you're probably spending at least $10,000. That's a massive vacation. You would think that your family would all go, oh, father, mother, you're the best. This is the best family. We've had the ultimate vacation and we are so, so grateful. This vacation should plant seeds of love and fulfillment for the rest of our days. The momentum in the family from this vacation shall carry on mother and father. Wouldn't that be great if they called us mother and father? I can't imagine my son coming up. Father, pardon me. <laughs> He's like, dad, hey, but imagine that, you know, that's not going to happen. Here's how you keep the momentum going from a great family vacation. Throughout the vacation, you look for magic moments. You look for these little individual, it's like if you were, if you, if your vacation was an entire movie, it's like you're looking for individual cutscenes. this little scene, that scene, something you could almost put on a photograph. It's the one time that we caught a squirrel eating the acorn and we got pictures of it. The one time we saw the bear, the one time that, you know, we went over to that waterfall and instead of just taking a picture by it. I, we got up real close to it. And then I, my, you know, maybe dad put his head under the waterfall or grabbed the water, started splashing everyone with it. And it becomes this funny thing where like that, you could be on a hike for six hours and you could see a waterfall. You could see 10 waterfalls, but to stop and to do something with it, to create that magic moment, that's the moment that will stick with you for the rest of the day and beyond. Try this. Look back on your, if you did a last vacation or trip and it was, you know, more than a couple of days long, you know, a three, four, five or longer uh, trip or vacation. And really honestly, just off the top of your head, without looking into your pictures or your phone, think to yourself, what did we do on that vacation? What stuck out? Sometimes 
I'll do something on a vacation just so it sticks out. Here, case in point, we went to Florida, we went to Tampa. Um, I don't know why. I think we just went for a family vacation and we did that um, fairly recently. I think this last this last winter, like January, February, March. I think it was March. There it was. Oh, that's right. No, I was at uh, my friend Steve Olsher's uh, podcast seminar called New Media Summit. So a little shout out, newmediasummit.net. Check out Steve Olcher's event. I think he's still doing them. They are epic. Um, and I was down there in Tampa when he was doing um, New Media Summit as a podcast. Uh, he had me as an icon of influence. So there's 40 of us icons of influence that had top podcasts and then a bun- 150 attendees. And then they all gave us pitches and we booked them to be on shows. So that was a really cool event. I just like to give shout outs when I can because I, I think people that do cool things are really cool people. Well, after the event, my wife and son flew down on the last day and then they came and joined up with me. And then we went and had a family vacation for three days. And I love doing that because instead of dad leaving for work and then dad coming back and interrupting the family routine, it was, I left for work. I was only gone a few days and then they came down and joined me. We had a vacation and then we returned home as a family. Just a little side note. If you can do something like that, it's such a great structure. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I think they did too. So we're down in Tampa and, you know, a lot of the time, honestly, just kind of rolled into the next, you know, we went and we ate somewhere and then we went and walked around and we checked out, you know, the, the dock and we checked out this and we checked out that and we just kind of did things and it was nice. You know, we relaxed and we went to the beach and whatnot. But one day I was like, you know what, we got to, I want to do something that is going to create a new memory. So while we were out hanging out, we just, you know, we went and got coffee in the morning and donuts and Um, Lola was taking, she was taking it easy in the morning and I took Val out for that morning and I I took him out and we went down to Clearwater to the pier and we went on where you can rent fishing poles, paid, you know, whatever it was, 16 bucks or something and got the little permit and the fishing poles and went through to the end of the pier and we just fished for like an hour. It wasn't much in the grand scheme of our vacation. It was like 3% of the time, you know, we spent there or something to that effect. We didn't catch anything, but we had this bucket of squid bait and, you know, I had my knife out there and we're cutting open the squid, you know, uh, bait and, and he's baiting the hook over and over again and we're casting out and we just sat there and we just, just cast in lines, man. and just fishing. And I mean, it's kind of a, a, an obvious like dad metaphor, I guess. But, you know, I remember sitting back there thinking, man, he thinks we're catching fish, but we're just sitting here catching memories. This moment he will remember this moment. He's going to look back and he did from that. I mean, he remembers that to this day. It's like, what did we do on that trip? It's like, Oh, there was a time we went to the pier and we went fishing. Then there was a time we went to the other, the Harbor and we went on the little pier, a smaller one. And he remembers chasing this bird and this big uh, Pelican bird was flying in and then he starts chasing him, and then he went away and then he flew back and landed on another pillar. And then instead of being dad and saying, come on, son, let's go. It's, we got to get back now. We just stayed there. We stayed there for like 20 or 30 minutes and he just chased this bird from one pillar to the next and he kept flying back and forth. But I'm telling you right now, that wasn't on the agenda that what we didn't pay for it. There wasn't ice cream involved, like nothing, nothing about that screamed vacation. But when we talk about the Florida vacation, what do you remember? Remember that bird at the harbor I chased? And I remember fishing with you and a couple other things like that. So if you want to keep momentum going in business and family life and whatever, make magic moments.
Okay, I think I've gotten that first. And then last and not le- last but not least is my third principle for keeping the momentum is win first. Yeah, you got to win first. So what's win first? Win first means if you have a big goal that you want to keep momentum for, instead of doing a task and then trying to like make a big goal that you have to do a lot of things to get, and then once you get it, then you win, that's not how our brains are wired. It's not. Our brains are wired that we want wins. We want small wins first. Have you ever gotten an app on your phone that became a little bit um, addicting? Have you ever had that? Well, if you have, that's what they do. See, the best apps like, uh, you know, these... Uh, here's one I had. I'll just tell you my story. I had a farming app. It was called Heyday. Ever play Heyday? You shouldn't. It's stupid. But millions of people played it, and I got sucked in. And here's how it worked. I downloaded the app. Well, actually, no. My son downloaded the app, and then he was asking me for help, and I started helping him play. Well, within half an hour, I felt so good about myself for having created such an amazing working farm on my phone that I was like, no, 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 go get your, go, go get your iPad. You get your own heyday. I'm going to keep this one going. I didn't want him, like, I didn't want him to mess up my farm. It was so silly, but that's how I felt. And how it works is when you first get it, they were like, Hey, here's what you do. You see this wheat that's growing, swipe your finger. And then I swiped it and it cut the wheat and it went bling. And then it said, add, you know, six bushels or something. So it was like, Ooh, I just got something. And then it said, now you have wheat in a bucket. Now take that and do whatever, you know, feed this cow. Okay, I fed the cow. Oh, and what happened is it gave me these little things, one little thing to do, one small task, and then one small win. And then another small task and another small win. The secret of this, write this down if you're not driving, write this on a whole page somewhere. The secret of a small win task is completion. The word is completion. You can't have a small win if you don't finish the task. Does that make sense? So like if it's a small task that's part one of 50 or even part one of three, that's not a win. That's just a small task. It has to be a, hey, you you swiped the wheat and you got it in the bucket and now it's worth $10. Bling, I just made the $10 in the game. Look at that. That That was a small task, harvest the wheat, Small win made the money. What it does is it makes me and my deep reptilian brain say, ooh, I win, I survive, I'm going to get ahead, I'm going to get more fire and food and shelter, I should do this again. And then I play again. And I do a second small task, and I make a second small win. I'll give you a practical example outside of apps and video games. I I do talk about wrestling and video games a lot. So eh, let's probably change that up. (laughs) So uh, what about doing the dishes? I think the dishes are amazing. See, this, 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 this small win first is also, you can call it the law of momentum. It works in both directions. If you have incompletions, things that you don't finish, you do a task, but it's not completed, it actually will drain your energy and drop your momentum. On the flip side, though, if you complete a small task and you get a small win, it'll increase your momentum to do other small tasks with other small wins. And pretty soon they turn to medium and then large tasks and away you go. So let's look at the dishes. Have you ever lived in a place where you have no automatic dishwasher? 
Oh yeah, I have my first apartment. Um, our dishwasher was our hands, right? So we were just washing our hands or washing dishes by hand. And what happens? You're, you're keeping up, but then one night, you know, you make dinner and you have your plate and your silverware and cups and everything. And you're like, gosh, I'm tired. And you know what? There's barely any dishes. So I'll leave it in the sink. I'll just get it tomorrow. That's fine. Go to bed. It's only a couple of plates, you know, some silverware, a couple of cups, whatever. Then in the morning, oh my gosh, I'm rushing for work. So you make some breakfast and you don't have time for it. So you throw those in the sink and you all get that after work. And then after work, oh, you're tired. You make another dinner and then you put that. And pretty soon you're like, well, I only have half a sink full, but I'll get to it tomorrow. And what's actually happening is the more individual small tasks, like individual plates and silverware and meals that you're not cleaning, drain your energy. So the next time you come to that task, you'll have even less momentum or energy to complete it. It's actually harder to, to, to work on it than it was if it was in the beginning. That's no good. But then what happens eventually? Eventually the pain gets to be enough. The pain gets to be enough. And what happens with dishes? It's when you, <laughs> that's right. You run out of plates, you run out of dishes. So now you look at this mound, this mountain of, of dishes in the sink. It's overflowing. It's all the way up to the faucet. It's overflowed now to the counter space and you got bowls and just stuff everywhere. And finally, you're like, I need a plate for dinner. So you turn on the hot water and you get the sponge and you get the soap and you grab one plate. You're like, oh, let me wash this just, you know, and you wash the plate and you rinse it and you set it aside. And then you're like, well, this bowl's in the way. So you wash the bowl. You know, I need cereal tomorrow. So you wash your bowl, you, set, you rinse it, you set that aside. And then you wash off some silverware because you need that and you set that aside. And then you wash out a cup and a glass and you set that aside. But pretty soon it's like you did a few of those and you know you've had this feeling. You wash a plate, you wash a bowl, you wash a couple of things, but now your hands are wet, right? Your hands are, are wet with momentum. And you have the sponge and the soap is already there and the hot water is already hot. And you're like, you know what? And it's right, the next plate is right there. And you know what you just did? It's just like heyday. Here you are again. You just did a small little task and you got a small win. You got a clean dish next to you. So what do you do? You do another one and another one and another one. Pretty soon, five minutes, six minutes later, the whole sink clean, all the dishes are, are on the drying rack and you're like, what else can I clean? And you're looking to vacuum something. That's the win first principle. So wherever you can, when you're looking at tasks, goals and outcomes you have, try to set yourself up to win small, win first. If you want to keep exercise momentum, don't set a goal of I'm going to run 10 miles a day seven days a week. And that's how I'm going to get back in shape. Well, how much do you run now? I don't do anything at all. I've been sitting on the couch for 35 years and I'm really, really, really out of shape. Do you think the best goal is really to run 10 miles a day, every single day? You might feel like you have to do it. You might feel like that's what's necessary, but don't like, don't fall in that trap. Instead say, I'm going to go for a 15 minute walk two times a week. Come on, Matt. That's not enough. That's not enough. Like I really need to do something major. Yeah, I know you do, but you got to build it with momentum. So if you want to build, build it with momentum, it's small wins first. So you do two 15 minute walks uh, every week and you do one on Monday and then look, you do one on Wednesday. And if you miss Wednesday, Hey, you're okay. You, you know what? I can go Thursday. Cause the problem is if you try to set it up, you know, even five days a week, what happens? Week number one, you crush it. You do five days a week. 
Week number two, oh, you got busy, you missed Thursday, you go, no problem, I'll do Friday, I'll make it up Saturday. Saturday, there's a birthday party, you don't get to it, and you're like, well, it's not a big deal. I'll just start again Monday. But what just happened? You set a goal for five days of exercise a week, and you only hit four days. And after four days, you're like, well, I'll start again Monday, and you go back Monday. But now you're going into next Monday having not completed the task you set out. That's no good. Like that, that will actually derail your momentum and your energy. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing. So what's better? It's actually better to set a goal to walk two times a week and complete it than to run five times a week and run and only go four times. You might think it's the other way around, right? I've heard people say, hey, I'll set a big goal. And then, hey, even if I fall short, I've still did more. I set a goal for five days a week. If I hit four, isn't that better than two? No, I disagree. I don't think it's better than two. I think two is best if you can achieve it for sure. Because then at the end of the week, you go, hey, I set my goal and I got my goal. I did what I set out to do. This is awesome. And then the next week you go into it feeling like you're already getting ahead. And then you do another one. And maybe, hey, maybe you go for a third walk. Why not? Crush it. Or maybe instead of just a 15-minute walk, you do a 20-minute jog walk. Do you see what I'm doing? You set a small goal for a small task for a small win, and then you hit it. And when you hit it, you feel success. And then your momentum increases, and you want to do it again, and you want to do more. And then you start increasing the duration or increasing the, the, uh, the quantity. That's how you get momentum going. So anyway, I'm going to cut it off at this point. Hope this helps. Hope this is a good thing. Listen, if, 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 at this point in the podcast, if you're listening to episode three of four on the power of purpose, this should be making some good sense for you. This is all about how do you keep the momentum when you get into a purpose. So a quick recap. Number one. It's emotional and energetic by nature, so don't expect it to stay. Number two, look for magic moments. And number three, win first small tasks, increase your momentum. That's it for me today. Stick with me for next Tuesday. Remember, this Friday in three days' time, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever you are. If you're listening to this on the radio or on on a few different stations across the U.S., if you're on the radio right now, remember, this is a podcast as well, so you can get this on demand anytime you want on all those platforms. That way you won't miss a thing. Uh, That's it for episode three. Um, episode four next Tuesday. So this Friday, we're doing an interview with a great entrepreneur. And then next Tuesday, it'll be about how to bring people into your purpose. That's it for me today. As usual, I want you to get out there, follow some purpose, follow the power of purpose and get out there and crush it. See you on Friday.